0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. Let's read about the launch of the church. This is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day universally celebrated as the day the church was launched. It's the birthday of the church. We're having a birthday party today. I think the church has kind of lost the party element. Some of you used to party hardy. And you got saved and you got dead wood. Come on, come on. Come on. We used to know. Don't look at me like that. You know how some of you. I Do you want me to go old school on you? Some of you used to do the twist. You know, you, you, you James Browned it. You you know then, then you some of you got the Bee Gees and the 70s and you stayed alive and i don't remember much about the 80s we planted a church in the 80s and we had two babies and planted a church i realized one day at you know, all these trivia shows i was like i don't know anything that ever happened in the 80s I was pastoring a church and raising babies and, 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 the, and the office was in our house and we were the custodians and we were pastors and we were... Uh, it's like the whole 80s went by and culturally, but spiritually we were laying some foundation. Come on. So, so whatever you used to do your thing to, you know. Come on. We need to keep that heart of celebration before the Lord. Amen? We ought to be the happiest people on the planet. Come on. We have a party and nobody has a hangover when this thing's done. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I don't need chemicals. I've got the Holy Spirit to to, to do my thing. Come on, I'm thankful. You better get with me. You don't want me to break it down up here just because you're. You better get with me, okay? We need to celebrate today. It's a birthday party today. The church was birthed today. Come on, let's thank God for that. (laughs) I'm really thankful. We're going to read it from Acts chapter 2. I want you to follow along with me. I'll tell you something else I'm thankful for, deeply grateful for. And I mean this in all sobriety and, and, and a sense of gratitude, not in any other way. I'm thankful today on the day of Pentecost that as we look back at how the church began, that I'm not having to dance around up here and tell you why God doesn't do that anymore. You hear what I just said? I'm thankful today that what we're reading, God's still doing and that we're still in the middle of it, and that I'm not having to tell you why. Well, that's how the church started, but he's not doing that anymore, or that's who that's who they were. But you know, we've got a revised version. No, I'm here to tell you today that what we're about to read, this is your family history. You know, uh, that's big today in our culture, and that's it's pretty cool to find out some of your, you know, your your family, your family tree, and 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 all those kind of things. Well, you're you're we're going to read about your family. These are our Grandmas and grandpas. This is how we started. This is who we are. Anybody with me today? This is your spiritual DNA. And I'm thrilled to tell you that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is is us. So let's read about that day. It was amazing. The, The Feast of Pentecost. On that day, tens of thousands. Look at the wisdom of God. Tens of thousands of Jews from all over the earth had gathered there for this feast, this celebration. Uh, They were told three times a year, every man must appear before the Lord, every Jewish man and his family in Jerusalem. And on one of those days, God prophetically chose to birth the church. And there was a huge audience that would touch the world. So let's read this, verse one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, who, who were these people in one place? We read in Acts 1, there were about 120 that had gathered there. The, the apostles were there, the original disciples. You know who else was in the room that day? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do you know that the Virgin Mary was one of the first Pentecostals? Did you know the Virgin Mary spoke in tongues? Come on, don't look at me like that. This, this, here it is. Her name was on the roll call. So those 120 were there, all right? So they were all together in one place. Now, they'd been praying for 10 days. They didn't have to pray for it. Let me help you with something. There's some old-fashioned Pentecostal theology that talks about you have to tarry. Now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever heard you have to tarry? Come on, let me... Are a few of you still around? All right, a few of us still left. Well, that, that, they got this thing here. They'd been praying for 10 days, Okay. And a lot of people got the idea well if you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit you better lock in and you're going to have to pray a long time. Well that's not why it happened they, because they prayed 10 days. God had already ordained on this day it would happen. In fact we're about to read the word suddenly it happened. So why were they praying 10 days? Because Jesus said you stay there and pray. You get ready. I'm going to do something to revolutionize the world. So I want you to know you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit anytime suddenly by the power of God. Okay, so they were in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on whom? On each of them. Look at verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, tongues seems to be such a controversy in some circles. It's fine with me. It's in the Bible. But, But let's look at this. What's the origin of tongues? Why do we get nervous when people talk about tongues? Look at this. Let's let's read it again. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. When that happened, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened? And they began to speak in other tongues. And how were they able to speak in other tongues as, read that out loud, as what? How many want anything the Holy Spirit is doing? How many, if the Spirit's enabling it, I'm on board. So I don't know where the controversy came from. I don't know how that happened. But here it is in our Bible. How do you pray in tongues? They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. When that happened, they began to pray in tongues. And how do you pray in tongues? The Holy Spirit enables you. There you go. All right. Let's look at verse 5. Now, they were uh, staying in Jerusalem because of the Feast of Pentecost. Again, the prophetic wisdom and ordained plan of God. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were supernaturally praying. And, and, and in this occasion, earthly languages were a part of it as well. The, 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 the just little translation of speaking in tongues is speaking in an unknown tongue. Unknown to the speaker. You're praying. They weren't praying gibberish. They weren't babbling. It wasn't an emotional experience. They were praying a prayer beyond their human ability because the Holy Spirit was enabling them. All right? So Jews from every nation were there. When they heard this sound, everybody comes together and then they were bewildered because they heard them speak in their own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, And the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Uh, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them. What were they doing while they were praying in tongues? Again, was it just babbling? Was it just some emotional, ecstatic utterance and experience? They were praying as the Holy Spirit enabled them. And what were they praying? They said, uh, uh, amazed and perplexed, they asked, what does this mean? And, and, well, let me, let me back up. Uh, it gets to this verse 11. All the different nations. And then it says, we hear them doing what? Declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Now, somebody did it then. There's still some people today. Their relatives are still alive. Verse 13, guys. Somehow, however, made fun and said they just had too much wine. There will always be someone who will try to dismiss the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's keep reading. Then look who stands up. Peter, <laughs> the guy that we last read about denying Christ, going fishing again, walking off from his call. What happened to this man when he was baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit? He answers. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. To what I say these men are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine in the morning no this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days God says I will pour out my spirit on all people come on your sons and daughters will prophesy amen do you claim that Claim that. How many have sons and daughters in the house today? How many got grandsons and granddaughters? According to Acts chapter 2, every single child you have will be born again and be filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesy and declare the works of God in the name of Jesus. How many agree with me right now? In the name of Jesus. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Look at this. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Nobody's out of this. Men, women, young, old, all flesh. Verse 18. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. They will prophesy. It's a powerful day. This is our beginning. I'm not going to read a few more verses. This is our beginning. This is how we started. This is who we are. That's our spiritual grandma and grandpa, whatever you want to call them. Grandma, grandpa, whatever. Papa, mama, somebody. That's them right there. This is how we started. This is the church. It's powerful. It's supernatural. It's anointed with power. Everybody in the world is included. Every generation is included. Nobody is left out of this. It's an inclusive, powerful gospel that touches and changes the world. It saves lost, prodigal sons and daughters. Come on. It turns rebellious children into prophets of God. It brings those far away from God, close to Him. That's the church. Why would we settle for some watered down, man-controlled, man-weakened, limited version when we can have the same thing? We're celebrating that today. Well, this is the same day this has all happened. Man, we had a great beginning. Let's drop down to verse 36. So Peter's preaching this message, answering the question, what does this mean? And as he's preaching, let's go to verse 36. We read this. He says, I I love his boldness now. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Savior, both Lord and Christ. Look at the boldness of this man. He was afraid to testify. He stands up, and you know, he's got that preacher finger going. Come on, you know what I'm saying. You crucified him. I mean, he he just gives him the truth. And look at verse 37. When the people heard this, what happens when we preach truth? What happens when the word goes out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit? What happens when we stop being afraid and compromise? What happens when we speak the truth in love? What happened, verse 37? When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the time frame on that. The promise is for you, those that were there that day. He says it's for your children. So it, I had to outlast the original apostles. Are you with me? So that, that's debunked from the beginning. Okay, so it's for you. It's for your children. Now he's talking about you and me today. <clears throat> he says, for all who are far off. He's talking about time, not just distance here. For all who are far off, for all whom our Lord God will call. Thank you, Lord. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about three thousand were added to their number that day. What a day! What a beginning! What a what a launch of the church! I I want you to grasp the power of that day. I want you to see the overwhelming intervention of God in that day. And I want us to be reminded we serve the same God. His word is true. Come on, let's make a declaration. Let's stop trying to make a God fit our theology and let's start making our theology fit our great God. Let's stop rewriting what God already wrote. Is anybody with me? Let's stop addending adding addendums to what God has said. You know, we don't need biblical lawyers. We need prophets today. We don't need people rewriting this. We need men and women telling the truth. So that this is how we begin. Think of this. That day changed the world. That changed the world. I want you to think of... The, uh, now, ha- how many times have you heard people say, it changed the world? You know, somebody ate a Burger King Whopper and said, that changed my life. It probably really didn't change your life, you know. You'll you, you watch Shark Tank and somebody invented a new shirt. It's going to change the world. It's probably not going to change the world. But this changed the world. This flipped the script. It, it, it turned everything. It's impossible to overemphasize what that day did. It's impossible to overemphasize. Only heaven knows what's been a result of that day. <clears throat> I think about uh, all the changed lives. Think about all the, the, the broken lives that have been healed. Think of all the drug addicts, <clears throat> pardon me, that have been saved. Think of all the homes that have been put back together. Think of all the dreams that have been resurrected. Think of what happened. The, the, the gospel, when, when you study history, when you, you, you study the word of God and you lay it against the, 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 the records of history, nothing ever elevated women like the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was nothing even parallel. When this gospel was birthed, when, when when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost in the city of Jerusalem, women were considered property. They couldn't even sit with their husband in a religious gathering. They had no rights. They had no, no dignity. They had no standing. They could not go to school. They were, they were even outlawed from studying the Bible. Nothing elevated women like the Word of God. We, we need to... Quit listening to the liars and, and, and find out who we really are and what we're connected to. Nothing ever, ever uh, did what the gospel did to protect children. Children were, were just were just chattel in that day and time. They, they were just means to an end. They were more farmhands. They were more hands to help. There was no significance in love and, and family system very rarely like we have today. The disciples even, when people were bringing children for Jesus to pray for them, they were getting, saying, get, he doesn't have time. And Jesus said, you stop right now. Bring those children to me. You know what Jesus said? He said, their angels always behold the face of God what Jesus said. You know what else he said? If you're going to let one of these little ones, you're going to harm one of these little ones? I think about the pedophiles and the perverts and the creeps today. You know what Jesus said? It'd be better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and throw you into the ocean than you harm one of these little ones. Jesus loves children. The gospel elevated children and their, 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 their love to a place nothing ever had. You cannot overestimate what the church of Jesus Christ has done to the human race since that day. The trajectory of humanity was altered forever. Think of what I'm telling us today because of what happened in that upper room. And we are a part of it today. How humbling, how amazing. Do you know all the great hospitals were built by the church originally? Do you know that every Ivy League college along the eastern seaboard of this nation the Harvards, the Columbias, the Yales? Do you know that every one of them were originally Bible colleges to train the ministers in the new world? Do you know that? Do you know there wouldn't be the education system we have without the church? There wouldn't be the medical system we have without the church. There wouldn't be the family system that's well without the church. I, 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 can't, I could go on, but this day that we're reading, don't let anybody edit it. Don't let anybody water it down. Don't ever be ashamed to be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't ever believe there's anything that's more powerful and valuable on this planet. It's amazing. But I want you to see that this day was prophesied by God, planned by God. I want you to see the bigger picture. These seven Jewish feasts, the the law of the Old Testament, the the Jewish law, was like a guide on a journey taking them to the time when Jesus would come. It was preparing them for the Messiah. Unfortunately, most of the nation of Israel missed it. They, they, They didn't see what was clearly in their face. But we honor and love them as a nation of Israel. We respect them because of the word of God. We look at the prophets and the Savior. It came from them. And so we're connected and we're thankful. But this day, prophetically, God had the nations of the earth gathered. And there was a pattern there. I want you to see that. Just, I want you to see how God works. I want you to see that, that how his plan is, is moving. And on this day, we, we, we see the, that dynamic power of God. L- look at something with me. Let's go all the way to the beginning. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to see something that you're a part of. I want you to see the big picture and and what an incredible moment we have. How God works in patterns. How God works in in, in a system. He he knows from the beginning what he's doing and he's consistently faithful to that. You may feel out of of sorts someday. You may feel out of control someday. It may look like the world is going to win someday. But I want to tell you something. We have an incredible, mighty, sovereign, powerful, loving God who is moving in a directed pattern to bring this world to himself. How many are thankful to know that today? So look at this with me. From the very beginning, So, Pastor, what does Genesis have to do with Acts 2? I'm, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to show you. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. God is the creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now watch this. Look at the, what was going on as creation began, verse 2. Now the earth was formless, and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. So there was a condition. What do we see? Formless, empty, dark. One, one translation says a void was there. And then we see, but watch this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So here's this formless, here is this emptiness, here is this darkness and the Holy Spirit moves in. And in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit's presence, stepping into the dark, formless void, the Holy Spirit steps in. And, and, and now we go to verse number three, and what do we read? And what? God said. Do you, do you see when, when your life feels empty and chaotic and without form or direction or identity and it's dark and oppressive and depressive that if the Holy Spirit steps in that moment. Are you listening to me? If you can bring somebody into the presence of God, if we can worship and God comes in the room, I I almost want to bring the worship team out right now, but don't. Just stay, stay, stay. I got a little bit more to say. I I almost want to sing when he steps into the room. What's the next line? Everything changes. Come on, let me try it again. When he steps into the room, what happened? Everything changed. See, dark, formless, void, but the Spirit of God came to hover. And in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, God spoke and everything changed. God spoke and everything changed. That's what God does. If we can get in the presence of God, his word will change everything in our life. Do you know that's what we're doing in this room right now? We've welcomed God into this room. And I'm not reading a magazine or reciting history. I'm preaching the Bible to you right now. And in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit, the word of God is going out. And do you know what happens there? It could be dark. It gets light. It could be void. It gets full. Anybody with me today? That's what happens. God works in this way. And so we see God working. When the Holy Spirit is present, the creative power of God goes into work. You might say, well, the need I have in my life is so big, it doesn't even exist what I need God to do. No problem. He'll create what you need (laughs) to get you to the next thing. So let's go to chapter 2. I'm not going to preach every chapter of the Bible. Relax. You're good. But you see what begins to happen here. So here's this pattern I want you to see. That's how he works, but I want you to see how he does this. So here's the earth, he creates it, but God is always looking for a human partner. How many heard what I just said? God's plan has always included you and me. How amazing is that? God's plan is always predicated on finding someone who will represent him on this earth. God's plan is always predicated on finding a human partner, vessel, instrument, someone that he can use. And so he creates the earth. He shows us that, that he speaks in the Holy Spirit's presence and creation happens. So how is his will going to happen on this planet? What did God choose to do to see his order and will come about? So he created Adam, right? And Eve. Look at chapter 2 verse 7. Chapter 2 and verse 7. The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground. See, so he formed Adam's body. It was perfect. It was perfect. There was no sickness. There was no abnormality. There was no genetic misfire. His body was perfect. But he was not alive. The potential was unbelievable. Psychologists, psychiatrists tell us we only use about 10% of our brain. And so here's this human i guess not alive yet perfectly formed he's going to be the partner but before he can be used before he can partner before he can name every animal on the planet before he can live in this paradise there's still one more thing that needed to happen because God is always looking for a human entity that he can use to bring heaven to earth to bring his will in order to bring his healing and his peace and salvation. But before he can use that human entity, there's something that always has to happen. And so we look and we find this potential, this incredibly potential body. But something has to happen. So it says, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. Now we get to, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. This body that had all this potential was useless until the Spirit of God filled that body. And when the Spirit of God filled this body, it came alive, and God's will began to be done on earth. He began to represent him. He was blessed, he was fruitfully, multiplied. He did all that God wanted him to do. We see, that's how God works. We fast forward and we go to the gospels. We go to the birth of Jesus. It was time for everything to come to this point that God had been working. So how does God work, and what's his pattern? So what did he do? He had this incredible thing we call the immaculate conception or the virgin birth. And he found a young Jewish virgin girl named Mary. And the Holy Spirit came upon her and planted Jesus in her womb. And she gave birth to his humanity. So how did the will of God happen on this earth? The pattern he always uses. He founds a human vessel. He fills him with his spirit. And heaven comes to earth and God's will begins to happen. So now we're at the day of Pentecost. I was taking you someplace. So I want you to understand what happened on that day, the incredible impact and power. But don't miss what God's doing. It's his plan. It's how he always works. He's always looking for a human partner, an entity, someone he can partner with to do his will on this earth. And on the day of Pentecost, if you will, it was a second incarnation. It was a second incarnation birthing of God's will for now God didn't just live in one person he's going to fill every single believer on the planet and now we're called the body of Christ the Holy Spirit has filled us the Holy Spirit had come up until that day in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit came upon the prophets came upon the kings came upon the chosen ones but now the Holy Spirit was going to come live inside of us God now has the body of Christ, the church. And we're not just in one place, we're all over the planet. Isn't it amazing? They're, these we're gonna have people go to Germany this week. We're gonna have people go to the Dominican Republic this week. And they some of them can't speak. We 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 I was thinking about God kind of laughing, but celebrating. There were young Haitian men who worked on our building project in February. And so here we were, and, and Pastor Emilio is speaking to, to a man in Spanish, you know, Spanish and Haitian, which is kind of a French mash up and so he's praying in spanish and 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 the guy is translating to the haitians and our guys are standing there and I know enough spanish that while he's praying in spanish and this guy's interpreting in haitian I'm speaking it in english to our guys and we're they're getting saved the gospel's universal The power of the Holy Spirit is unlimited. He's always looking for a human instrument. These ladies are going to go to Germany and and I can't speak German. I and the Phyllis can't speak German. Pastor Phyllis, but what's going to happen is there's going to be a communication there. There's going to be something that happens there that's super. Natural. Anybody understand what I'm saying? God finds this human, that person who will do his will, who will surrender to him, who will allow his purpose to happen. And God begins to do things that, that, that we could never do ourselves. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, how do you and I become a part of this plan? We give our life to Jesus. We give our life to him. Isn't it amazing that when you accept Jesus as your savior, you're instantly forgiven? How many of you are thankful for that? instantly forgiven. Did you know that? Do you know you don't earn that? He says, okay, boom. I wipe it off. I wipe the slate clean. It's like you never sinned. Come on. Some of you, you know, very few of you, I'm sure, it's your relatives. Some of your relatives have been arrested and, and been to court and have some charges and they got a record against their name. And even though they have served their time and they're out, they still got a record. You know what I'm talking about? They still got a record. You got a record. You know, you're a felon. It's always going to carry you. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're a felon. But when we come to Jesus, we don't only get set free. He erases the record. (laughs) There there are no felons in heaven. You understand what I'm saying? There's there's nothing walking around. God doesn't look at you and me and say, you know, I forgive you, but mm -hmm." no, no, no. Instantly forgiven. The Holy Spirit instantly comes and lives in our life. Isn't that amazing? You are indwelt with the Spirit of Almighty God. But he says, think of Jesus. He comes, he steps inside this human body. He, he's God living in a human body. He lays down his privileges, but he but he's still God by nature. So what did he need before he started his ministry? He goes and he's baptized in water by John as he's coming up out of the water. The Holy Spirit comes on and empowers him. Well, you know what I need, and you and I need, we're in dwell with the Holy Spirit, but we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We need to be clothed with power from the Holy Spirit because God wants to do some things you and I can't do. God wants to use us to do that. I said this last week. Everywhere you go, God wants to go. Every place that's hurting, God wants to heal. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Every place that's broken, he wants to make it whole again. Everything that's bound, he wants to set it free. And he wants to use you and he wants to use me to make that happen. Now look at this. I've been, I've been uh, kind of getting to the edge of... Acts chapter 4 just can't get through it but let's go come on I'm going to wrap it up with this I want you to see this let's go to Acts chapter 4 and let's tie these things together it's Pentecost Sunday it's the day the church was birthed it's the day the Holy Spirit was outpoured it's the day that that, that ordinary men and women who, who didn't earn salvation but accepted Jesus were baptized with the Holy Spirit empowered with the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit and God began to use them to do things beyond their ability. Peter standing up and preaching beyond his ability. You know, as you read through the book of Acts account, I loved it. These, some of these men right that were the original deacons in the church, they weren't apostles. They weren't prophets. They, they weren't in those places. They weren't in that office. But you know what they were? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went around preaching and whole cities had revival. And miracles happened and demons ran away. Why? Because they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to raise your hand, but let, I want you to ask yourself, have you, have you ever had a sin that you just couldn't break? Don't raise your hand. Have you ever had a bondage you couldn't get through? This thing that kept getting you and getting you three steps forward, two steps back. You think you're there, that here it grabs you again. You know what we need? We need to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. To break us through that barrier. Anybody listening to me right now? I, I, yeah, I want to see people healed and, and delivered. And we see that. And we got many testimonies of that. But I, it works in every part of your life. This power to, to break out of where, where that old life held you. See, the Bible says we're a new creation. How many are thankful? He saves you instantly. He forgives you instantly. He takes you just like you are. Huh, come on. But he loves you too much to leave you like that. So how do I move from who I was when I came to Jesus to become this person I can be in Jesus? That gap, I need the power of the Holy Spirit to move me down the road. I don't need to be, I don't need a touch of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? I don't need a little dribble of the Holy Spirit. I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I use, I said this before. We've all seen water baptism. We immerse people in, and, and I don't mean this trivially, but the, the picture is there. Man, when they go under the water, they're drenched. When they come up out of the water, I mean we 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 have a mess down here. We have carpets laid and mops and and, and the baptizers are getting wet and the baptizees are getting wet and and the people around them are getting wet. And they, they get onto me and say, I do it too hard. And so I splash water out on people. One young lady that's here today, she came and got baptized the first time she came to church. And I bumped her head on the bottom. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But what am I saying? Water baptism is, is, is kind of messy. huh? It's kind of sloppy. Anybody hear what I'm saying? We kind of spray water everywhere. It, it kind of gets on everybody. Well, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're listening to me, it needs to get spiritually messy. It, it, it's, it's not just did you get yours, did they get there? I mean, did it spread? Somebody needs to be around you in a prayer meeting and come home and somebody say, What happened to you? You know, when's the last time you came to church and you went home and your family said, What happened to you today? Where have you been? What has done? What's on you? You need to go to work tomorrow morning and your coworkers say, What's all over you? Who are you? What happened to you? What did they do? You need to come to church. Listen, I had a man come to me one time off and I thought he was going to punch me in the nose. He was mad. He came in there. He's mad. He said, I'm mad. I said, I can see that. He said, "I said, what are you mad about? I'm mad about my wife." I said, "Okay, tell me what you're mad." At. I said, "Would you sit down for a minute? Usually, it's hard to fight sitting down." So I said, "Sit down for a minute." And I said, "What are you mad about?" He said, "I'm mad because God took my place in my wife's life." And I said, "Hold on, that's not what happened." He said, "What well, it feels like." And I said, "Well, listen to me." I said, "God didn't take the Holy Spirit. God didn't take your place in your wife's life." Your wife gave God his place in her life. And I said, if you'll calm down, she would be a better wife you've ever had in your whole life. If you just cool your jet, you're about to get blessed, buddy. If you just slow down and stop, you're going to be blessed. He came back to me later on and said, you know what? You were right. I said, I know I was right. We just put God in this place. And it spreads. People come under that. It's important. It begins to happen. Now, 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 look at this. Acts 4. We're going to wrap this together here. So you know what happened." Acts two, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts three, Peter and John pray for a lame man; he gets healed and wrecks the place. Okay, chapter four, verse one: the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. So they're preaching. Everybody wanted to know, no, no, just like in Acts two and Acts three, they said, "What happened? How did this guy get healed?" See, church, we keep worrying about how are we going to tell people if we will get filled with the Holy Spirit. People will start asking us, "How did you do that?" What did you get? Where have you been? I, you know, we tell the students, listen, go speak your parents' language. What does that mean? Don't go preach at mom and dad and point your finger at mom and dad and act like the church lady with your mom and dad. Go home and do this. Say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. Right. Go mow the grass before they ask you to. Right. Go wash the car before you ask, can you drive it? And they're like, are you serious? That's a dead serious. Yeah. And you know what happens? Parents call us up and say, What's going on with my kid? Now, these are unsafe parents. What's going on with my kid? And I said, well, what do you, what, what do you mean? I said, well, they're never acting like this before. How they're acting, they're respectful. They said, yes, sir. It's scary. They clean the room up. They put gas in the car. They're speaking their parents' language. See what I'm saying? They're full of the Holy Spirit. It begins to translate out in real life. And Mom and dad will not know what happened to that kid. What are they doing? What, what's, what's going on there? Jesus is going on there. They got full of the Holy Spirit, began to change their life. And so, so here's what happens. They're preaching, verse 2. So these guys run up and say, you got to stop this preaching. They're greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They said, you can't do this. We killed Jesus and now it's like he's alive again. Bingo. Did you get it? We killed him and now here he is walking around again. We killed one, and now here's two, Peter and John. And Peter and John said, you ain't seen nothing yet. We had 120, and now we got 3,000 doing the same thing we did. These guys are losing their mind. 3,000, Jesus walking around? That's the plan. Come on, anybody with me? That's the plan. That's the deal. It's giving the devil a migraine every day. Come on, isn't that the greatest thing in the world? See, the devil's not like God. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at once. He's not omnipotent. He doesn't have all power. He's not, not omnipression. he's not omnipotent, he doesn't know everything, he's not everywhere, he doesn't have all power. So the devil's literally running around this globe today, him and his demons trying to figure out how to stop 1.7 billion Christians. I love it. The devil's thinner than he's ever been. The devil looks like he's been on a diet. The devil hasn't had time to stop and eat. The devil's getting his rear end kicked every day, all day long, because the church... <laughs> He's alive and well. You know that that prodigal son or daughter, you can't get to listen to you? God got somebody coming to them right now (laughs) that looks just like them. And they think, okay, I got me a a buddy. And that buddy that looks just like them is going to say, hey, I want to tell you what God did for me. He's, he, they're coming. Are you listening to me? They're coming right now. They're coming right now. Your child, your daughter, your son, your family, there's somebody moving at them at this minute, anointed of the Holy Spirit. God's sending them to you right now. You know how big God is? There's somebody in Germany that doesn't know Jesus right now. But right now, he's sending ladies from Decatur, Alabama, to Germany because somebody in Germany has a divine appointment. Somebody in the Dominican Republic, some child, in a school that doesn't know who their dad is, that's lonely, that's lost, that's hurting, that's discouraged. Jesus is sending somebody this week from a mother country to walk into their life. And don't you tell me that he can't find your son or daughter. Your husband, your wife, your grandparent. He's doing it. So these people say, You gotta stop. Here's what I want you to see. <laughs> there was one little group of people, the Sanhedrin, about 50. There were, we read here, 5,000 who got saved. Don't let the loudest voices cover up the cries of this hurting world that's all around us. Don't let big tech tell you that this world isn't hurting for Jesus. Don't let social media fool you that this world isn't dying for personal encounter with Jesus. Just because they got the bully pulpit doesn't mean what they're saying is right. Just because the lies are louder than the truth doesn't mean the lies are true. I'm here to tell you, there's an army of anointed men and women who are the body of Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, ready to do the will of God. So they tried to stop them. Let's drop down to verse number 23. They put them in jail overnight. They threatened them this. They said, don't you ever preach again. Don't you ever teach in Jesus' name again. Peter and John said, look, you got to understand. We're going to obey God rather than man. So they were in trouble for what? Seeing a man healed and boldly proclaiming the gospel. So what was their response? Look at verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all the chief priests and elders that said to them. Now look at this, guys. When they heard this, what was their response? Think about it. Now what are they telling them? You're going to put in jail if you preach and if you pray for people. We're going to throw you in jail. That's what we're going to do. They threatened them twice. So how do you think people responded to that? Did they hide? Did they run? Did they say, we better tone this down? We better, okay. So so what did they do? When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. They said, we're going to pray. And I want you to understand that when the Holy Spirit's operating in your life, everything's at a different level. Are you listening to me? God puts his super on your natural, and it becomes supernatural. God takes who we are and where we are. And he puts an element to it that we would never have left to ourselves. So they begin to pray a prayer. Look at the boldness of this prayer. It wasn't God help us, God save us, God protect us, God kill my enemies. Look what they prayed. This is their prayer. They lifted their voices and prayed. They said, Sovereign God, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So it's the first thing they've said, you're God. You're creator. We know who our daddy is. We know what's going on here. What's the next thing they did? You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Now they went to the word. Are you with me? So they're praying. said, God, you're you're my source. And God, this is what your word says. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Verse 27. They said, now this is what they're doing to us. Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what, now watch this, in the middle of their chaos and their challenge and their crisis, see, look at this kind of praying. First, God, we're, we're being challenged, we're being threatened with jail, but we want you to know your creator, God, and we trust you. We want you to know we know your word. Are you with me, church? This is how you pray, anointed of the Holy Spirit. He says, and this is the problem that they're saying, but they said, look at verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand. They said, you're still in control. They, they crucified Jesus, but you're still in control. Can you pray like that? Have you noticed they haven't asked him for anything yet? They haven't asked him for anything yet? They said, you're a creator God. We believe your word is true. These people have challenged your word, and we know you're still in control. Come on. see. Let's go to verse 29. Now, Lord, they're about to ask for the first time. Now, Lord, consider their threats, and here's their prayer. Now, what do they get in trouble for? Preaching and praying for people to get healed. All right. Now, Lord, consider the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. (laughs) Give us more of what we have. Don't let us be afraid. Don't let us be intimidated. Can I tell you something? Preach your word with great boldness. Do you know that boldness does not always mean loudness? How many heard what I just said? Boldness does not always mean loudness. It means I'm unafraid. I'm unashamed. It means I'm not intimidated. I'm going to be true to you. Come on, I'm wrapping this up. Speak your word with great boldness. And then what do they pray? Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. So God, we got in trouble for preaching and healing. God, here's our prayer. Help us do more preaching and more healing. Come on. You got to love these guys. Then look at this. Verse 31, after they prayed, not before, after they prayed, this Holy Spirit anointed prayer, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke the word of God boldly. God answered their prayer. Who was filled with the Holy Spirit? What does it say? All. Well, they just got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and now they get filled again, yes. Do you know life's going to put a drain on us? And you know how when you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Every day. You need to have this initial baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. It's a gift. I want you to stand. I want a worship team to come. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. I want to pray for you. Stand. Worship team, come. I want to pray something over us today. God wants to give you a gift of Holy Spirit power in your life. Holy Spirit power. God wants to give you a gift. How many heard what I just said? How do you believe every, well, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from whom? The Father. God has a gift for his church. We need to receive the gift. We need to allow the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to be clothed with power. You know, you're going to have moments, listen to me, in your life where your faith is going to be challenged. Listen to me. Just like these guys. Don't preach anymore. You know what they're saying? Jesus is dead. You need to quit fooling around with that. You need to stop believing a lie. You need to stop lying to yourself. Are you listening to me? It's what we're going to hear from our culture today. That faith in God is past. That God's not going to help you. That you're wasting your time. That you need to go explore and find other gods. That's what you're going to be told. You're going to be told that you can do it. You don't need God. You're going to be told that God's just going to get in your way. You're going to be told that you need to just cut and paste. Take what you want from God, but don't pay attention to all of it. But I want to tell you something. There comes a place in your life, are you listening to me? Where you say, God, I've tried everything I can do, and it hasn't worked. There comes a place in life where you say, I don't want to play a game with you. I don't want to keep making excuses for my failure. I'd like to get delivered from my failure. Is anybody listening to me today? I, are you listening? Yes. God, I want to get real. And I just want to receive this gift. You know why he baptized them in the upper room? Or they're baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because they needed it. Do you know what your qualification is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Your hunger. Your hunger. Not your holiness. Your hunger. If you're hungry, God will fill you. That's what he says. If you're hungry and thirst, you'll be filled. If I'm satisfied and indifferent, no. But if I'm hungry and thirsty, I'll get filled. It's a gift. What do, what do I do? How did they receive it? As the Holy Spirit enabled them. How were you saved? You just believe God's word and ask him to save you. So how am I baptized in the Holy Spirit? Same way, God, here I am. Now you read in Acts chapter 2. What happened? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he said, and when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened? They began to speak in other tongues. How did they speak in other tongues? As the Spirit enabled them? Yes, you guys know me. You know my life. I, I've prayed in tongues every day for over 40 years. Every day for over 40 years. I've been in places where I didn't know what to pray and the Holy Spirit helped me pray. Yes, sir. I've been in situations where I didn't know what God wanted me to do and the Holy Spirit would help me pray. And I prayed a language that God knew and God would guide me and direct me. I remember as a young man I, I I got saved and man I had to come out of I had to come from a long way back. I was a prodigal way out there in the pig pen. And when I got saved, I knew, I knew I had, I felt this way. I don't know what God would say, but this is how I felt. I felt like I had one shot. That's how I felt. I felt if I blow this, I'm never coming back around again. God had been under conviction for weeks and weeks and weeks couldn't sleep at night and I knew God please don't let me miss this when I finally gave my life to Jesus and I knew I was forgiven and I knew the peace and the transformation I remember praying oh God don't let me mess this up I don't know if I will get back here again it took me a long time took me a long time to say yes And I said God whatever I need to do please help me I had some friends that came to me and said George, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, no. And I said, tell me why I need that. And they said, God gives you power. God enables you to get over these things. God gives you strength you didn't have. And I said, I'm in. (laughs) I'm in. What do I do? They said, we're going to pray together right now. And I just prayed. And I said, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm a little bit afraid. I was honest. I'm a little bit afraid I'm going to go back. I don't want to go back. I mean, i would lived that way. You know what I'm saying? It was still so close to me. I felt it pulling on me. You know, it's back there. All those voices yelling at me. I said, God, I don't want to go back. Please, God. Please, I don't want to go back. God, if there's any place in me that's empty, fill me. Fill me up. And As I prayed, the presence of God came on my life. It wasn't, I've seen some people, I've prayed with people. We, we've, had, we've had people, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit, Begin to pray in tongues. There's lots of these, they couldn't go to work the next day. Because every time they opened their mouth, they prayed in tongues for like 36 hours. They just had to stay home. That's all right. It's really good. I wasn't quite that spectacular. I prayed, and I said, God, please baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I just lifted my hands. and As I began to pray, I felt the presence of God. And it was like there was a release, a release of the Holy Spirit. As I was praying, I didn't sit there quiet and not move. I prayed. It so like something was stirring in me. There were these syllables and phrases. and like, man. I never said that. You know what I did? I realized I was in the holy moment that God was in control. And God didn't grab my jaw and make me. But there's something about speaking and boldness. You got me? I knew it was God. And so I just spoke. I just spoke that syllable. I just said that and it opened this river up in me. I began to pray in tongues. I didn't pray for hours, prayed for a few minutes but I knew God had done something in my life. And the next day I got up and guess what? I prayed in tongues again. and And it wasn't just the tongues see, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then began to speak in tongues. Tongues wasn't the goal, being filled was the goal. But the fruit of that was, man, I'm praying a different way now. And how did I do it? I just surrendered. And as God began to move, I had the faith to step out and do what was there. Now, I believe God wants to baptize people with the Holy Spirit right now. It's a little bit late on man's time. I believe it's right on God's time. If you're hungry, this isn't for what I'm... Listen, listen. Get church altar calls out of your mind for a minute. Can you do that with me? This isn't... Anything's wrong. This is a everything right moment. If you're hungry, and you say, Pastor, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time, or maybe it's been a long time and that just kind of life has kind of pull that off. I want you to come stand. Come on, we're going to pray together right now. This is for a hungry holy people, people that love Jesus. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, come on, come on. Our elders are going to come. Our pastors are going to come. I want you to come first. Come on up. Say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. What you guys just to come. Come on, we'll give you a minute. This is for hungry people, godly people, people that love Jesus, people that want more. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.